Get ready to grip it and rip it. All right, let's move on. We got golfers waiting. Dedicated to bringing better golf to America, this is Tea to Green, the golf show. Greetings, golf lovers, and happy holidays also. Welcome to another Sunday morning edition of Tea to Green. My name is Jerry Butenhoff, coming to you from the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs. Broadmoor is turning 100 years old next year in 2018, and they will be hosting the U.S. Senior Open. Starts just seven months from now already. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Did you eat till it hurt? Hope so. I got pretty close to that. Um, you know, that's the one day a year, I guess, when you can have just like one meal and you're good with that. But I uh, got to go up to my nephews up in uh, the Denver area and uh, had a nice day, spent the night and had a wonderful time, and I hope you all did too. Uh, you know, it's always good if you can learn something every day. I mean, it doesn't always happen, but it'd be nice, or certainly every week. I've just recently learned that in addition to the NCAA golf championships for the men and women held each spring, there is also an NCAA club golf championship. This year's fall championship will be held next weekend, Friday through Sunday, at the Paiute Golf Resort near Las Vegas, using both the Wolf and the Snow Mountain courses there. And to tell us more will be Michael Devlin, who is involved with the event. He uh, works for Next Gen Sports, and we'll hear all about the golf championships on the club level for college golf players. Also today, we're going to replay a fascinating discussion we had with Sports Illustrated's John Garrity back in September. John told us the story of the rediscovery and rebuilding of Old Oscarnish, a golf course in the Hebrides Islands off the west coast of Scotland, all today on Tita Green. Good morning, the sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. What am I gonna do? Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Also going to take a look at some things that maybe are not necessary in the world of sports, golf and sports in general. Go to our website, tdgreenradio.com, to learn more. Back with that and much more today. I'm Tita Green. Stay with us. Sports fans, for the best sports gifts, there's only one place to go, SteinerSports.com. With hundreds of daily doorbusters, some up to 90% off, Steiner Sports has you covered for all your sports gift needs. Steiner Sports is the leader in authentic hand-signed collectibles and official collectibles company of the biggest names in sports like Steph Curry, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Jeter, Odell Beckham Jr., Gary Sanchez, and more. Go now to SteinerSports.com to get that unforgettable gift at a Black Friday price. This holiday season, score big at SteinerSports.com. Pooldog.com is the best place to buy billiard supplies online. In addition to having the guaranteed lowest prices and the largest selection of pool cues and accessories in the industry, Pooldog also provides unsurpassed customer service with free shipping on orders over $99, including the APOs, and a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. It's easy to test out some new equipment, and be sure to use the code SPORTS at checkout for a 5% discount on your order. For a free catalog, head to Pooldog.com. That's Pooldog.com. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? 
then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest price. Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 This is America's longest-running network radio golf show, Tee to Green, coming to you from the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs. I'm Jerry Butenhoff. Thanks for joining me on this uh, holiday weekend. Like I said, uh, hope you had a wonderful Thursday. It's a four-day weekend for a lot of people, myself included. So uh, we have um, uh, like June-type weather here in Colorado. Uh, 70 degrees so uh i may do some golfing myself today uh this segment of tea to green today is presented in by smash factor golf apparel they're based in monument colorado just about 20 miles north of downtown springs here smash factor golf specializes in golf polos and hats to check out their full line you can go to their website smashfactorgolf.com performance polos under 30 dollars headwear for just 15.99 can put more Smash Factor into your game with Smash Factor Golf Apparel, the official golf apparel company of Tita Green. Check them all out at SmashFactorGolf.com. Um, found uh, an article here this week from the uh, sports staff at the Chicago Tribune. Of course, one of the nation's largest and uh, longest running and uh, probably most respected uh, big city newspapers in the uh, country. And um, the headline is, Stupid is as stupid does and these 30 things are dumb. And they're talking about uh, basically things that the staff there came up with and thought that were either unnecessary or just wrong. 
in the world of sports. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them here because uh, that would take the entire show, but uh, I've, I've highlighted a few, and uh, we'll start with the uh, one golf uh, thing that is uh, listed here, and it's something that Jay and I have talked on this show uh, many times about the uh, Couch Golf Police. Uh, and, and their explanation is, is that the rules of golf are already convoluted and nonsensical, so we don't need Joe Blow on his couch in Wichita watching replays and calling in to change a tournament's results because he saw a few grains of sand move on a player's bunker backswing. Or, you know, any of the other atrocious things that have happened with uh, people sitting at home, you know, you know, calling in these infractions that they have probably committed more than once in their golf lifetime. And, of course, uh, nothing was more egregious than uh, what happened to Lexi Thompson at the uh, Inspiration Tournament uh, back in April this year, where uh, she ended up losing in a playoff, but, um, you know, she should have won, plain and simple. Uh, she got hit with a four-stroke penalty, which was unprecedented because of the situation, and I'm sure you all know about it, and we've through all that so uh, yeah uh, you know the the tournaments I guess set a precedent when they first allowed that the first time some man or woman called in you know 20 years ago to NBC or whatever it was and uh, and now it's just snowball and it's just gotten ridiculous now the good news is the rules of golf have been simplified especially for amateurs like uh, you and I and uh, beginning in 2019, uh, the new rules will take effect. It will also affect tournament play to some degree. And so uh, there will be less need, if you will, for this sort of thing. Uh, one of the other things they don't like is cheerleaders at pro sports games. They say it's way past its spoil-on date. You know, that may be a good point, but you know what? Uh, when you're watching the NFL there's 35 seconds between each play. I guess you got to look somewhere. So, although I do, I, I must say that these gals uh, that that they make, um, you know, about 18.50 wages. Uh, they volunteer most of their time. Uh, they don't make a lot of money. They go to all these hospitals and help out with things like that. Uh, the Bronco cheerleaders come down to Colorado Springs sometimes, uh, maybe three or four of them for some events. And uh, they put in a lot of time and effort. Uh, and, uh, you know, for no financial reward of any kind. So, but, uh, you know, be that as it may, you can uh, make your own decision on that. Uh, here's a good one that I that I uh, think is just funny. Sam, and they're talking about baseball here. Champagne celebrations after clinching a wild card berth. <laughs> the example that they used were the Minnesota Twins from this year. You know, and the same thing applies to cutting down the nets in the NCAA basketball tournament. Okay, everybody cuts down the nets when they make it to the Final Four. Yeah, well, you know what? You haven't won anything yet. So let's save the champagne and the net cutting for the final game when you've actually accomplished your goal and won something. Other than that, it's just a waste of time, and it's something for the TV cameras to follow 
for 38 seconds or something like that. It's ridiculous. You have, wait till you've won something before you celebrate. Scoreboards urging fans to make noise. <sighs> or get loud. That's the one I like, too. If you're at an event and you know your sport, you should know when a crucial time has approached and when you should make some noise to help out your home team. The guys running the scoreboard down in the bowels of the stadium shouldn't have to tell you to do that. That's all I'm saying. Be an educated fan. Here's one I love. I don't know what the NFL's catch-no-catch -catch rule. <sighs> Boy, there was one on, I think, the Sunday night game a couple weeks ago that was ridiculous, and Chris Collinsworth even said so. In the NFL, and even in college football right now, I have no idea what a catch is, what pass interference is, and what indisputable evidence is when there is a replay. Um, it's just, I don't know. You see calls overturned that you look at it and you go, there's no indication that he did or didn't catch that ball. But yeah, what what is defined as a catch and possession of the ball anymore is just ridiculous and I don't understand it. Um, oh, here's a good one. Ticket fees. So I get it that you're buying tickets for a game or a concert online. And, of course, the venue has to mail them to you or email a printable version for you. Okay, that's cool. But when you go up to the window at the actual venue itself and they're still charging you $19 a ticket for their convenience, in quote, fees, convenient for who? I went out of my way, drove 15 miles to go up to the window, and you're still charging me the same thing that I would have paid for at home. That's ridiculous. And don't get me started on the NFL license ticket fees where you have to pay whatever amount of dollars just for the opportunity to buy season tickets or a luxury suite. Good Lord. That's in the same category as having uh, the public pay for new stadiums. That one's in here too on the Chicago Tribune's list. Ceremonial one-day contracts. This is just ridiculously stupid. So I've played 14 years in the NFL, let's say, for the 49ers, and then the last two years I was traded or signed a free agent contract with um, the Cardinals. But I've spent most of my year, years with San Francisco, so now I want to retire and wear my cap at my Hall of Fame induction for the 49ers, so I sign a one-day contract with San Francisco so I can retire as a 49er. Come on, really? <sighs> Unnecessary. Possession arrow, college basketball. You know, the only reason we have that is because officials 
suddenly couldn't even throw the ball straight up in the air in a jump ball situation. If you're an official and you can't throw the ball straight up in the air, you shouldn't be an official. When we come back, Michael Devlin from Next Gen Sports is going to tell us about the NCAA Club Golf Championships. They're uh, going underway this coming weekend at the Paiute Resort in Las Vegas. That and more. John Garrity of Sports Illustrated after that. Stay with us. You're listening to Tita Green. Hang around. Be right back. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Advantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Advantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a 15 hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 We call it Destination Listening for Dedicated Golfers. This is Tita Green, the golf show. 
coming to you every Sunday morning from the Broadmoor Resort. I'm Jerry Butenhoff. Partner Jay Ritchie on the road this weekend with the Air Force hockey team. They um, played uh, to a tie yesterday with Sacred Heart. They've got another game this afternoon that will be getting underway uh, in about three hours, I think, or something here. So, uh, like I said before, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. You know, it's always good um, when you learn something every day. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But hopefully every week you pick up a couple little nuggets that you didn't know about before. Now, uh, you may know, of course, the NCAA sanctions about 17 or 18 different sports or whatever it is, and they have tournaments at the end of each season and all that sort of thing. A lot of colleges have uh, club sports. Uh, Rugby is one that's uh, pretty popular. Uh, A lot of uh, colleges uh, in some of the warmer cities have uh, club hockey teams. of course, Arizona State actually used to have just a club team, and they decided to uh, go big time and went to Division One three or four years ago. There, of course, is the NCAA golf championships held each spring for men and women. Um, but I did not know until about a week and a half or so ago that there is also club golf at the NC at the college level, and they have a big. Uh, Fall Championship coming up next weekend, starting Friday at the Paiute Resort in Las Vegas. And to tell us all about that and college club golf is Michael Devlin of Next Gen Sports. Michael, good morning. How was your Thanksgiving, first of all? It was pretty good, but uh, a little tired, you know, come Sunday morning. But uh, I really appreciate you having us on today, Jerry. Yeah, um, like I said, this is something that I did not know you know, since the NCAA, of course, sanctions golf, I did not know that there was a big club scene out there as well. And now some of the teams, um, before we get into whole, the whole uh, event of what's going on next week, um, some of the schools that have these club teams either do not, there are some that don't have college golf, and then there are some that also have NCAA varsity golf, but they also have club teams as well. I'm right on that, right? Yes, that's correct. And yeah, you know, as as you pointed out, um, you know, there are some smaller schools, some people that have still have a men's team, but they won't have a women's or vice versa. Uh, all of the club golf teams under the NCCGA, which we run, the governing body, uh, are all co-ed. So even in you know, in some cases where you know they may only have one varsity team, uh, it can kind of be a, a nice place for the other you know gender or sex to go to in order to create that kind of second wave team. Um, on top of that, as you mentioned, you know you have the huge schools like the Arizona State of the world, the Ohio State, what have you. You know they have so many kids on campus; it's almost like a, a city unto itself. So you would expect that there's more than just the ten golfers on campus that are on the varsity team. Uh, that's kind of where we come into play, uh, and we service and support all of those golfers. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Um, so now, uh, in my college days, I, I split my my college career. When I was at Minnesota, I met uh, some of the uh, uh, rugby players that played club rugby, and then at, at UCLA, I knew I knew uh, some of the uh, club hockey players. Uh, you know, they a lot have to sort of subsidize or, you know, spend their own money on a lot of these things. Uh, is that still the way this works, where where the where these club golfers are, are 
out of pocket or, or, or are they doing fundraisers to raise money to do these to travel mm-hmm. when they need to? How does that work in for most of these teams? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, to your point of rugby, you know, I also kind of equate it to lacrosse in a way as well. I mean, you think about some of the SEC schools that don't have Division One programs, they kind of fall into the same bucket that uh, what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, it, it varies from school to school. We currently have, you know, over 350 colleges and universities that have club golf teams, and that number is growing every year. Uh, we have some teams that are extremely strong, and the school supports and, you know, helps fund those teams, which is great. I mean, that's what it should be. Uh, in other cases, <clears throat> For whatever reason, you know, they might not get as much funding. So we work with the teams to, you know, help fundraise for their um, their school, their team. Um, and, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, it has to come out of pocket. But hopefully we're bringing this to a level where everybody knows about us, everybody knows about club golf, and that, you know, we can give all of these kids the opportunity to go out and play, um, you know, in our regional tournaments and our national tournament as well. Most college golf programs have a local course that is their home course, if you will. Um, Are we seeing that at the club level, too? Are some of the facilities opening themselves up to these golfers as well? Absolutely. And, you know, we get some great support from local golf courses, um, you know, golf courses across the country. Oftentimes, you know, a great thing that we kind of encourage our students to do is say, hey, you know, go out and make that course relationship. And, you know, tell the guys, hey, we'll come by once a month to help paint, you know, out-of-bounds lines and uh, kind of clean up around the course, you know, if maybe they can get a better deal or something like that. So, you know, it varies from place to place, but overall, you know, we, we really do see a, uh, a great reception from the community in that regard. Now, you got a big tournament coming up at the Paiute Resort uh, starting on Friday. I understand uh, Georgia's club team is the defending champion in this event. You made some uh, reference also about, you know, co-ed teams. So if Georgia shows up with eight players here, is it four and four, or is it six guys and two women, or is it pretty structured, or is it kind of loose with the numbers? How does this all run here? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned, this will actually be the largest college golf tournament in the country. Uh, we're going to have over 350 competitors for both our championship and our invitational. Uh, that's over 60 teams and, you know, th- like I said, 350 players. So, um, and the way we, you know, we don't mandate that people break it up by X amount of, you know, girls and guys. It's, you know, kind of however the team wants to run it themselves. In some cases, we have universities that have both a club golf men's team and a club golf women's team. Um, in this championship, you know, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but we certainly do have uh, a solid amount of females participating with us. And, you know, that's something we, we strive to do going forward, too, is, you know, have as much inclusion and, um, you know, people coming out to play with us. Last year's event, uh, let me see if I'm reading this right, or maybe it was the big event in the spring, won by Georgia Grand Canyon, which is a smaller school there in the Phoenix area, and then Georgia or Florida were in the top three. Grand Canyon, is that a school that just has club golf, or do they have an NCAA uh, team as well? Yeah, they have both, but you know, the, okay. the funny and great thing about that is you know, what, what you'll find is you'll find some of these universities where you say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't hear that score. I've never heard of that one. They have an extremely strong club golf team. You know, they'll bring, I want to say close to, you know, 24 players to our regional tournaments. 
So they'll have an A, a B, and a C team, which is just incredible. Um, and, you know, that's, again, kind of what we like to push and support is obviously there's a need for, you know, there to be another avenue for people to play golf in college if, you know, that university that you may not have heard of before has that many kids that are interested in playing, you know, at the next level and continuing to play golf and be able to afford it really outside of um, just, you know, just past high school and into college. So with so many colleges at, at, you know, various sizes and everything, you know, having these teams, uh, to get to this event next week, is there a regional competition that they go through similar to what the NCAA operates in the spring for their teams? Yes, absolutely. So uh, we have two regional tournaments in about 28 regions across the country every year. How we calculate it is based off the slope and rating uh, ranking, and we break it up within zones across the country. So we have you know four teams that make it from each zone, and then we go down the rankings list and pick teams up one by one, sort of as wild card bids. You know, not to get too much into it, but yes, of course, you know we we do have. You know, there's certainly the very competitive aspect to it. We will have kids at the championship that are you know shooting ten under over two days. Um, but at the regional level, you know, we have kids that, you know, all swings are welcome is what we say, and, you know, you'll shoot them, see them shooting in the 90s. So, um, yeah. And, that, and that's the whole nature of a club sport like that. Uh, also, uh, comparing to the, to the big tournaments for the, for the varsity teams in the spring, uh, for your event next week, do you have certain, you know, the team events, but then you, do you also have some individuals that, are, that have qualified just as an individual as well? Yes, we do. So I believe for the championship we had eight, and then somewhere in the range of 12 to 16 for the uh, National Invitational. Um, and like I said, I mean, the individual play, you know, especially at this level is, you know, it's really no joke. Some of these kids are going out and shooting some very, very impressive scores. Good deal. All right, Michael Devlin from Next Gen Sports telling us all about the club golf championship, national championship for club golfers. It's being held this coming Friday through Sunday, beginning December 1st at the Paiute Resort, both courses there at Las Vegas. Michael, uh, good stuff to learn and everything, and I bet a lot of our listeners didn't know this existed. Thanks for giving us your time, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, keeping track of that for everyone here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Michael Devlin talking about the club championship NCAA college golf. When we come back, we're going to rerun a great interview that Jay and I had with John Garrity of Sports Illustrated talking about the old Oscarnish golf course in the Hebrides Islands off of Scotland. That coming up, hang with us. Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 
That's 855-325-1780. This is an important announcement. If you're between 50 and 85 and worried about your loved ones, you can still get affordable life insurance for peace of mind. My life insurance coverage is guaranteed, and I was not required to get a medical exam. I had high blood pressure and diabetes, and I got my coverage with one telephone call. No exam necessary. I'm a smoker, and I wanted to take care of my family. I called to get my life insurance and my affairs in order. I wanted to do the right thing. Call Final Expense No Exam Insurance. Your rates are guaranteed and will never increase. I called and learned that this insurance cannot be canceled, even if you get sick or gain weight. And there are no restrictions on how my beneficiaries use the money when I'm gone. Don't wait until it's too late. Call now and get peace of mind for you and your family. Call 800 800-935-2177. 800-935-2177. 800-935-2177. If you are age 85 or younger, call to learn more about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. The average funeral now costs over $10,000. Are you at risk of leaving loved ones to help pay your debts? A final expense policy for seniors can pay up to $30,000 for funeral and other final expenses. You don't need a medical exam, and you can have lifetime coverage, and the policy cannot be canceled. To receive free information about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. Call now. You'll also receive information about a free prescription discount card just for calling in. Agents are standing by. Call 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. Call now. That's 800 508 5774. Destination listening for dedicated golfers. It's Tee to Green, the golf show. Jay Ritchie, Jerry Butenoff, Tee to Green, presented in part by Smash Factor Golf Apparel. Based in Monument, Colorado, Smash Factor Golf specializes in golf polos and golf hats. To check out their full line and to get more information, go to the website smashfactorgolf.com. With performance polos for under $30 and headwear for just $15.99, Put more Smash Factor into your game with Smash Factor Golf Apparel, the official golf apparel company of Tita Green. Check it out at SmashFactorGolf.com. Got our shirts a couple of weeks ago, specially made for Tita Green with the logo and our names on them. Wore mine for the first time the other day. Great shirts. There, I had mine on uh, in Garden City when I was at the Symmetra event uh, last weekend, too. So they and, look nice. Yeah, and where can you buy a great golf shirt for under $30 anymore. You just can't. Not in any pro shop, that's no, for that's, sure. That's a doggone <laughs> shirt. Our next guest is standing by. Longtime readers and fans of Sports Illustrated will know John Garrity, and there are many, many longtime readers and fans of Sports Illustrated. John, a sports writer there for years and a golf writer, uh, is with us right now here on TD Green. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. We're having trouble hearing you. Uh, ah, I can there you hear go. you perfectly. Ah, there, there we go. You go. I can hear All you right. perfectly. I hope I hope this will work out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. much better. Hi, so are you are you retired now? Semi retired? What are you doing? 
I'm, I'm semi-retired. I uh, live in Kansas City, as I have for uh, many years, and uh, uh, turn on the television occasionally and watch a Stanford game, unfortunately, <laughs> last night, but uh, uh, still re- retain uh, West Coast connections and uh, go out and do a golf story occasionally. He's still working, uh, at least in, in semi-retirement, for Sports Illustrated? Yes, yeah, absolutely, and for Golf Magazine and for Golf.com. And uh, like I say, I've, I technically retired five years ago, but that just means I'm drawing a pension while I work about half time. Hey, that sounds pretty good, though. And and, and it's not really work, is it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't say the golf beat at Sports Illustrated was uh, was uh, sheer drudgery for the last three decades. <laughs> <laughs> so the story of the old Ashkenaz golf course. How did how did you come upon it? This story and. The, and the uh, the background. It's sort of an origin story for me. Uh, my first ten years at Sports Illustrated, I covered three golf stories, and two of them were about Scott LePlank. So that gives you the a pretty good uh, reading that you know uh, golf wasn't the central part of uh, of my career at that time. But after Dan Jenkins retired, uh, I I inherited the golf beat, and an early assignment for me from our golf editor was to go over to Scotland and write about the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. Uh, but while I was over there, he said I have to look into uh, a, a tip that they'd gotten, uh, that there was a nine-hole links course in the Outer Hebrides, otherwise known as the Western Isles, a place called Osternish on uh, South Uist Island. And the notion of this was that it was believed that old Tom Morris had designed the course way back in 1891. And the theory was that since this island is so remote and nobody goes there, that uh, it would be uh, probably the only example of a pristine uh, 19th century links course existing in the world. And uh, so uh, that was the idea that I'd go there with a Sports Illustrated photographer and see this wonderful wonderful old course. And uh, so I made the trip, and my wife went along with me. And uh, and uh, we got to South Uist Island, which is not the easiest place to get to, because uh, we drove up uh, into the highlands of Scotland and uh, took a bridge to the Isle of Skye. You drive across Skye, which takes an hour. Then you take a ferry, which takes uh, two to three hours to get to North Uist Island. And then you drive down a single-lane road across three islands. takes about an hour. And there are little uh, turnoffs every, uh, every quarter mile, so the traffic can get past everybody. And it's, uh, it's this incredible rocky, semi-mountainous landscape with all these beautiful locks with incredible fishing there. Very few people, a lot of beauty. And when you drive all the way down to the end of the island, you get to a place called Lockwoysdale, a little ferry port. And uh, a couple miles north of that is a, a farm called Oscarnish, where I had been told there was a golf course. But that wasn't too clear when we actually got there. And uh, I don't know. Have you have you read my article about uh, about Oscar Nish? Yeah. We have, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you know, part of the story is that there was a, a guy who ran the estate there, and you'd stop off in a little stone building, and he'd rent clubs, which he did for my wife, and I had my clubs, and he told us to go down this little gravel road uh, inside the fence, and you'd find the golf course. And my wife and I uh, did that, and went through the gate where crows were dead. Crows were hanging on the fence. And it was a sea meadow. Uh, we couldn't see the beach from where we were, but it was just this 
uh, field of daisies, relatively flat, uh, and you know, and longish grass, and uh, no sign of a golf course. And uh, but there were a couple of key markers that we kind of dug out of the grass, and uh, so we thought, well, there must be a golf course here, and so we kind of hit shots toward toward North America, uh, and went to try to find the balls. And uh, uh, very difficult. I kind of found a flattish area that was probably a green. But when we got up to the to the green, a little truck pulled in behind us through the gate. And we looked back, and two men jumped out of the truck. And they had flagsticks, and they had mowers. And while we were playing the invisible golf course, they started building the golf course behind us, uh, you know, mowing out, mowing out a green. And by the time we had played two or three imaginary holes that we couldn't really see, uh, they had started creating. It turns out this was May of 1990, and uh, we were the first tourists to show up. So we were the first to play the course that uh, that spring. But it had clearly been abandoned. There was uh, an old uh, trailer-type structure that had been battered by the North Atlantic storms, um, and it was a ruin. And um, as I explored over the next few days and interviewed people who were connected to the golf course, what became clear is that it hadn't been a, uh, an, a real active golf course for some time. It was a, it was a sort of a ghost course, um, and it had been used back in the 1890s and again early in the 19th century uh, for a woman named Lady Gordon Cathcart. For you know, she owned the island back then, and her uh, royal friends would come and they'd hunt and they'd fish and they'd play golf. Uh, the serfs or the crofters, as they called them. Uh, there at the time, tenant farmers would mow out the golf course for the la-di-da gentry. Uh, <laughs> but then through, through World War II and everything, it disappeared. Now, where this story is going is the fact that uh, I found nine holes on this kind of flat airstrip type thing that they developed, but nothing that looked like an old Tom Morris golf course. And uh, they had a little scorecard, and if you, if you read the scorecard, it would uh, had alternate tees so you could play 18 holes. And I could never find the alternate fifth tee. And uh, after about four days, uh, I looked at a dune over by the beach and said, well, maybe it's up there. And I climbed up on top of this dune. And the minute I got up on top and looked out to the south, there was a landscape that looked like Ballybunion in Ireland. I mean, these wow. incredible big dunes with the slacks in between and uh, dune slacks, as they say, the low areas. And uh, my photographer was with me, and we were both just blown away. And we said, well, this was where the golf course was. I mean, any, any golfer looking at this landscape would say, this is a golf course, or should be. Yeah. And since it was May and the grass hadn't grown up that long yet, uh, I said, I see golf holes out there. Uh, let's play it and photograph it. So uh, I played, I think it was five, five or six imaginary golf holes. Uh, you know, right along the uh, on the ocean, these giant dunes. Uh, and when I finished up, uh, you know, giving myself two putts on every green because it was, it was pretty <laughs> generous. Uh, uh, at the end of it, uh, I, I called it Osternich Old because uh, I thought this was where the golf course had been. And I went back to the States and I wrote, uh, I wrote about a 7,000-word story about this place. Uh, and it's really the beginning of my uh, golf riding career. Uh, so I've got a very fondness for the place because of that. But then the story would advance as uh, something like 18 years later, uh, I'd find out uh, that somebody else went back and did exactly what I did. Uh, and that person was a uh, course superintendent from Turnberry, 
and he got uh, Martin Ebert, an important uh, British uh, golf architect, involved. And uh, they went back and identified uh, old Tom Morris greens from the original uh, period. And there is now uh, an actual 18-hole golf course and small golf club uh, at Askernish. And because of my history with the place, I have always claimed a design credit with old Tom Morris <laughs> uh, on the theory that uh, on the theory that the course they have now is as much mine as old Tom's or, uh, or, or Martin Ebert. But the place is just enchanting to me, and uh, I go back frequently, uh, almost almost every summer, and uh, and play the place. It's uh, got a lot of international members now. I say a lot, you know, a few dozen. <laughs> And uh, it's just a, it's a magical place. It's the uh, it, it's sort of a golf in the kingdom type uh, course if you're into your Shiva science type history. Yeah, our guest is John Garrity, sports longtime Sports Illustrated writer, golf writer. It's been called uh, John. I saw a quote: Oscarish was called the most natural golf course on the planet. Is that a pretty good description? It's very accurate because uh, there's uh, no irrigation. No pesticides, no herbicides, no fertilizers. It's a mowed-out golf course. If, uh, if, if you're in the fairway and you get down on your knees and, and look very closely, you'll see all these different colors uh, in, the, uh, in the turf. And, uh, and that's because everything that grows there, and it, it, this is a farm, and they still have livestock on it during the winter, uh, everything that grows there is still there. And uh, I think somebody had said there's like 100 and some odd different species uh, of uh, plants uh, growing in there. Same thing with the greens. Um, it's just been mowed out. It's dependent on the weather. It's, uh, it's very green most of the time because they, uh, they get a lot of rain, uh, you know, on the area. And there's lots of fertilizer uh, from the sheep and the, and the cows that are on it in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's playable. It's playable year-round. Um, it's rough. I mean, the greens, after... Uh, however many years it is now that it's been a golf course again, uh, you know, uh, close to a decade, I guess, uh, probably never, still never get, you know, faster than about seven on the stint meter. Uh, and it will improve, you know, with time. Uh, but uh, the greenkeeping crew is, you know, one or two, uh, one or two people. Um, but for all that, it's absolutely magnificent because it's so natural. Um, and the dunescape there is, uh, is just unbelievable. I always tell people who want to take one of these golf in the kingdom type trips, it's the place they've got to go. Um, but but they have to understand that they're not going to find Glen Eagles. There's a little clubhouse now. Uh, I think there's something like 19 resident members. You know, there's only 3,000 people on the island total. And uh, but it's and they'll have no problem getting a tea time. <laughs> there's not many people there. Uh, but you own the place, and you go out there. Uh, if you hit the ball into the rough, you better take some lake balls along because in the summer uh, the rough grass gets so long you know, you're going to lose your ball. The local rule is you can just drop another ball in a, you know, near where you think it is in a playable area and, uh, and then play on. You, you have to. Uh, but it's, it's just magnificent, and there's, there's little signs and evidence of old Tom Morris everywhere. As, as a, a number of people have observed, uh, if old Tom Morris visited Muirfield or any of the courses that he designed in the 19th century, he wouldn't recognize them. Yeah. Great story, and you tell it so well. That's John Garrity. He tells it as well as he writes it. He does. He does, yeah. he does definitely. John, 
appreciate you coming by today and sharing the story of the old Oshkosh Golf Course uh, with us uh, today on TD Green. It was a pleasure. Anytime. All right. John Garrity, old Oscar. It's just Google that, and you and the story is there, and uh, John's writing as well. Old Oscar. It's spelled with an A, A-S-K-E-R-N-I-S-H in Scotland. We're not done yet. Jerry's taking us on tour next here on Tita Green. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003-800-485-6003-800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But The Secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517 800-932-5517 Eight hundred nine three two five five one seven. Once again, that's eight hundred nine three two fifty five seventeen. It's your number one source for golf news and entertainment. Tita Green. Hope you enjoyed that uh, interview that we did with John Garrity a couple uh, uh, months ago. You know, we we could have talked easily twice as long with him about uh, the story about the old Oscar Nation. 
and uh, how it was basically a rediscovered golf course and uh, you know had been basically you know just left uh, to its own uh, growth there for so many years and then um, you know there was uh, some people that spurred on the efforts to uh, investigate it and, and now it is uh, as a full-fledged golf course again fascinating uh, on the Hebrides Islands on the western coast of Scotland there. Uh, for the next couple of weeks we'll be going down under for our golf news here uh, the Australian Open uh, at the uh, Australian Golf Club in Sydney again this year. Uh, this is an event that Jordan Spieth won last year, and he also won it three years ago in 2014. He's been down there four years in a row now. He finished uh, the round, final round today with a 4-under 67. That uh, got him to minus 6. Wasn't enough to win it, though, again this year. The winner is Cameron Davis, a young 22-year-old from Australia. Had... Uh, uh, bookend rounds of 63 and 64. Uh, he shot four over in the two rounds in between, but his 64 yesterday vaulted him from five shots back to a minus 11 score, winning the event for the first time. Uh, Jonas Blixt of Sweden and Matt Jones, uh, the defending champion, finished a stroke back. Cameron Smith, another young Aussie, was at minus nine. And Jason Day, uh, who had the third round lead at minus 10, struggled on uh, today for a uh, two over 73, and he finished in fifth place three shots back. The Australian PGA and the Australian Masters will be coming up here in short order, and we'll uh, tell you about those results in the next couple weeks. Uh, thank you for joining us again today. Uh, uh, hope you, as once again I said, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and uh, holidays coming up. We're in the heart of the food season. Good news every year this time of the year. They've got the Christmas tree up at the Broadmoor here again. We were wondering if they were going to put it up, but uh, they do have it up here uh, in spite of the fact that they're going to remodel the uh, foyer where we sit beginning after the first of the year. Thanks to uh, Michael Devlin from Next Gen Sports to tell us about the club NCAA golf championships. Thanks to you for listening. Until next week, hit him long and hit him straight, everyone. Take care.